0: Let's talk about the murders on the rise in the capital. Let's also discuss vaccines being tested in Africa. What about the kafala system? This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. So this week, I have been thinking about boundaries. The boundaries we have um, with our children, Um, with younger people than us but specifically as parents with children you know we're coming up to the summer we know we like to party when it gets hot you know we want to get out there in the sun we want to be in the clubs etc but we're not going to be able to do that this year for sure and if we do it's going to be very restricted so things like uh, block parties and you know gatherings in the parks and whatnot these are going to be more popular than ever so you know I just think it's really important that you have boundaries with, with your children. You know, it's it's important that, you know, you can be... You, you're friends on one level. You want to have that kind of friendly relationship, but you're not friends, you know, as, as they have friends of their own age group. You're, you're parents at the end of the day. Um, and I know I've heard parents speaking about going raving, going partying with their kids and stuff like that. You know, because, you know, a lot of parents are young. You know, not, they're not like the old... There's not a, like a massive age gap between them and their children, but you know, and people look a lot younger than they than they um used to you know you when we was younger when people were younger, you could kind of tell this is the parent this is the the child um but sometimes you go out now you know a lot of parents are are looking good for their age, so there is that temptation to kind of um be more than uh parent and child. So with the, that being said, with these lockdown parties, I've heard a few adults talking about going to um, parties. And when I say adults, I mean 30 plus um, talking about going to lockdown parties. And these are people with children as well. So at the end of the day, you know, everybody's got their, their freedom of freedom of choice. Everyone can make their own decisions and stuff. But how can we really stand up and say, these young people need to stop doing this and stop doing that and behaving like that, if we're out there doing it as well. You know, I hear people talking about, well, you know, whatever the kids are doing, I won't be doing that, I'm at the back of the party, I'll I'll be just doing my thing and behave myself, etc. But, you know, just the fact that you're there, you're you're, you're part of it, you know, you are part of the whole situation. Um, So I think, you know, people have to think about what what they're really doing and, and what they're really promoting um by, by being at these places. I mean let's not forget, you know, there was a lockdown party in Manchester and um two people died, you know, two people were shot and killed at that. Um, it's not like going to a club where there's security and there's all these preventative measures to make sure everybody's safe, etc. You know, these things are are, are are not like that. So if we are making the decision to go there, um the the following week when our kids are there or or our, or our nephews and whatever are there uh, how do we stand there and say, well, you shouldn't be out there doing these things and, and get involved in these things, you know? And also as well, even if you're an adult and you do end up going, uh, you know, if something really happens, something chaotic happens, you can be as far back as you like. You you might have had, end up having to um avoid gunshots. You might have to end up um you know breaking up a fight. Even you might even be part of a fight. You might you may be attacked. Who who knows? You know. But I get it you know i do get it i do get the need and the want to go out and be out and be free and and have fun and stuff like that but we have to check our moral compass and i'm not being judgmental i'm just saying it's something that we we have to think about you know how how we're doing that and what it actually says about us and what we're doing um and and speaking of parties there was a party in in texas um they called it a covid-19 party in texas um basically affected i'm um, sorry hosted by somebody who was affected um and basically their thing is they they didn't really believe in the covid thing they they they're saying it's a conspiracy it's not really real and let's kind of have this party and see if anybody gets it and how how they survive it and how long it takes them to recover from it etc and what ended up happening in the 30 year old man died because he, he didn't believe it and the reports say that um on his deathbed he kind of spoke about and said he, he made a mistake you know this thing is real and he ended up dying so not to connect the two they're two different things obviously but you know there, there are people out there doing you know just taking taking risks and and i suppose that's what connects the two and um, the fact that they are parties and the fact that people are taking risks you know and that's what we have to think about what kind of risks do we really want to be taking in these times you know so um and uh, i think last week i was talking about the masks you know um that we that i really feel like we should be wearing masks more times than we're not wearing masks lo and behold a week later um it's it's made official you know you get a hundred pound fine in the uk now if you if you're not wearing a, a mask so what a what a difference a week makes eh? so um yeah we'll be wearing our masks in shops in the well shops and yeah i think it's just shops at this point um, but yeah, we'll be wearing the mask more. And I think it's, I think it's a good thing. It's, it's not a negative thing. Um, yeah, protect protect yourself, protect others, etc. Um, Oxford University have also started working out um, a vaccine, basically. They've, they've developed a vaccine. Um, and they say that they are testing it out on volunteers in Brazil and South Africa. Um, those people are the first people to receive experimental doses. It's going to be interesting... Uh, the outcome of that, you know, um, it's really unfortunate. I mean, Brazil and South Africa have been really hit hard um, by this COVID crisis in the past uh, couple of weeks, basically. Um, And obviously, you know, these are really the real poor parts of each of these places. This is the really poor parts of of Brazil and South Africa. um, And I really feel it for those people. Um, I know some people are really sceptical about the vaccine, Um, and who's behind it and what it really means and etc etc and people being guinea pigs and stuff like that Um, but this is what's happening Um, and it's happening in Brazil and South Africa so we'll be watching that to see how that all pans out with this uh, the two meter rule I mean here we was talking about two meter rule which has now gone down to one meter plus Um, I mean me I've been out I've been out in various boroughs over the past week and so and the truth is it feels like social distancing is a thing of the past um you know people's understanding of what a meter is what the meter plus is what two meters even is is um very interesting but um i don't know i don't know if anybody is really doing the social distancing. i mean at the beginning of this thing there was people crossing the road um when they see all you coming and stuff like that It's it's nothing like that now so is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing you, you you guys have to decide you know um yeah i I just hope everybody stays safe. I mean, the truth is people like um the scientist uh, Patrick Valence, he's warning about the you know the risk of people rushing back to work, so you know from a scientist's point of view, they're talking about you know really things are not as good as we might think they are you know um but then on the other hand, you've got Boris getting everybody back to work, rushing everybody back to work um And officially now leaving it up to the employees to decide uh whether they should uh have their staff back at work or rather than working at home or 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 being at work so uh wales is a bit different now because wales have said you know if you can work from home work from home you know they're still officially saying that me personally i think at the end of the day i think this working from home thing is is this is something that should have been an option before and what this this covid thing has kind of pushed that forward i think i think companies are going to work out they can save a lot of money they can be have their staff being more productive um working from home i mean actually if you do have to go in you'd like to, you you need to have the option to go in but at the end of the day uh it's this isn't like 20 2019 and pre pre covid you know we we can now see that life can function and work can function without going into a, an, an office um, but at the end of the day there are some people that are living alone um they you know their this whole social being their whole social life is being at work you know being around people so for those people i think they should have the choice if they really do want to get out and get back to work and work from an office they should be able to do that um but equally i think if people can be productive and they're happy to work from home that should also be part of the mix and get a, a, a fine balance you know get a balance between the two as long as things get done um, work is you know, completed etc and people are not doing less work because they're staying at home um, I think it should be something that we should really consider I think we're not going to have a choice to be fair it, it's, it's, it just is, that's what's happening now um, so conversations I was having this week were uh, one of the things was around um, people generally well basically white people generally perceiving um, that the UK is less racist than maybe a black person Um, and sometimes that can end up with, um, white people dismissing, uh, the, the, the experience of black people sometimes, not all the time, but it is, it is, I think there's been some studies and some, uh, there is numbers to back up the fact that white people generally feel that it's, the UK isn't as racist as black people feel it is. Um, so that's, that's interesting. I mean, that kind of says a lot and it kind of feeds into a lot of other things as well. Um, unfortunately there's, there's, you know, as we're coming out of this lockdown situation, there has been a lot more violence on, on, you know, in the community. Um, there's been, I think there's been about 20 murders so far. Um, and the statistics are now saying there are uh, 75% of those are black males um, that have died, unfortunately. Um, so this is something that we have to look at, man. I mean, you know, we, we, we've, we've got... (laughs) We've got a lot going on in the world at the moment and a lot of people dying through causes that cannot be stopped. You know, we don't know how to stop COVID killing people at this point. We know how to minimise it, but actually if it's going to take you out, it's going to take you out. There isn't much we can do to stop that. But the killing, the killing each other, this is something we can we can, we can, can do something about that. People are making choices and my, my thoughts are generally violent crime crime etc people carrying guns knives etc it's all fear based at the end of the day this is all fear based people are scared of becoming victims of people that have weapons they don't want to be caught out without a weapon and the younger you are the more fearful you are and the younger you are the more chances you are of getting caught up but and i'm talking about london specifically you know if you talk about um, scotland in scotland there's as much youth violence as there is in london and it won't be black kids dying up there it'll be white scottish kids you know but when we're talking about london we can't get away from it you know there is a lot of black 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 boys dying you know there is a lot of black boys dying and and the truth is there's only 3% of us um living in living in the uk you know i think it's about 3% they say um black people you know so we we we, we have to find a way to start addressing that you know and it's multifaceted it's not just one thing you know, poverty is definitely a big part of it. Employment's a big part of it. Education's a big part of it. I, you know, how people see theirself and their, their expectation and 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 the glass ceiling. All of these things are all parts that need to be addressed. But we have to find a way to stop killing each other. You know, even 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 the 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 music that that young people put out there. You know, it's music of their life. It's their life experience. And, and some of it is grim, some of it's quite gruesome, some of it's quite sad. And it's, it is poetry, you know, it is, it is real stuff, you know, but that does play into how people feel. And sometimes it plays out into what people end up doing, you know, but I'm, I'm one for freedom of speech. And I, 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 love, I love music and I love people being authentic and speaking their authentic truth. But all of it is all part of um, uh, the issue you know and things that we need to curb but i'm not on by no stretch of the imagination talking about um restricting young people expressing themselves through music and 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 replaying their life on music um but for sure my thing is just about we we need to stop and find a way for us to stop dying out here you know like i said the people that are going to to the block parties that are in 30 plus 40 plus they're going to block parties etc it's those people that need to start looking back and and looking down and saying do you know what how can i help young people what am i doing to help this situation and i'm not sure how much you're helping if you're going to uh, lockdown parties where 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 it's you know that environment is not a space where you can help them it might be fun etc but Are you helping? I don't know. I haven't got the answers, but it's just something I feel we need to look at. And then, and you know, also we've, we've just had, so we've had somebody die the other day um, in, in Brent and they're having a nine night, you know, a nine night to, um, for this young person that dies. And during that time of the nine night, a 30 year old man dies. A 30 man, 30 year old man gets shot and dies, you know? So, you know, people are grieving etc and then now they're at risk of dying at nine nights after you know because of what's happening on the street so there's a lot going on a lot lot going on and we we need to start looking at things um incidentally i don't think it was a a um, a black kid that died but um it's a death nevertheless nevertheless it's a death um so uh and one one of the things i mean i suppose some people might with what i'm about to say people might say well this is why." so one of the things we find um, as black people we find that you know we're often deemed as angry aggressive criminal or a threat now based on the stuff that i just said you might say well there you go that's why." but not all black people are into violence not all black people are criminals not all black people are you know <laughs> we're many things many many things you know there's we're we're lawyers we're doctors we're nurses we're business people you know we're academics you know we're we're all you know just like everybody else we're all of these things but overall there is a feeling and a sense that we we do you know we're tarnished with that it's like we have to kind of prove that we're not that you know um and you, you know you get these little these these microaggressions and i experienced it myself the other day i was out um, I was out um, on a bike ride um, with with another person, and um, as I uh, there was a little incident. Uh, someone came off of their bike, etc. And I had I had gone past, but I saw what was happening. I came back, and when I came back, the the police officer started to tell me who, who and what happened, etc. Um, but as I was approaching him, he he was like, "Look, everybody's acting civil here." Don't worry, everyone's acting civil here. And in my mind, I was thinking, why are you telling me everybody's acting civil here? Why, what would make you look at me and tell... Why wouldn't people be acting civil? You know, if somebody's had an accident on a bicycle, why are you telling me that? And I, I did think to myself, if I didn't look the way I looked, um, I had, you know, if I didn't look the way I looked, I don't think he would have been telling me that everybody's acting civil. Because when I got there, I could see everybody was acting civil. So I don't know what it was about my presence (laughs) that made him say everybody's acting civil. But I didn't jump on it. I just registered it in my mind and just kept it moving. Um, And needless to say, it was all sorted out and everything was fine. But it's those microaggressions that we have to deal with. And and sometimes people don't understand what it is and they don't understand what they're doing and what they're saying. They feel like they're... He probably thought he was pacifying a potential volatile situation. But There was no volatile situation. That was all about his perception. And I often say it, perception is everything. You know, people's perception create um, many scenarios, you know. Um, So yeah, that that was an interesting thing for me this this week. Um, Another thing we were speaking about was um, um, contextual safeguarding. So contextual safeguarding is basically um, young people being harmed outside of their home. So I think it's quite interesting. We've got this whole thing with um, Shamina Begum, um, who who's basically. Uh, I think they've revoked her 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 case, so now they're going to be. She's going to be going back to court. She's going to be going through the system again, and she may be allowed back into the UK, basically. Um, but I, I'm I'm really wondering if they're going to talk about the contextual safeguarding side of it, because at the end of the day this young girl left the uk at age 15 and she was obviously radicalized more than likely radicalized well before um she left um and obviously she she left the uk you know went with friends and decided to, to um join the jihad in syria um, which is a crime and she's going to be judged for it you know there's no justifying what she ended up doing um, and she has to stand in front of a judge and and be dealt with accordingly um, and that would be the judge's decision but my, like I said, I've always said my, my passion is young people. And at the end of the day, she would have went through a process before she got to that stage where she thought, OK, I'm going to go and do this. And that she did that at 15. So when she was 12, 13, 14, 15, somebody would have been radicalizing her. And at that point, she, this is a child we're talking about you know she was she's a child she was a child when she left and while she has been radicalized she was a child and unfortunately services didn't catch her and support her during that time to de-radicalize her you know she slipped below the radar and ended up doing the ultimate crime which is um going over to syria and getting involved in terrorism so she needs to be judged for that but i'm it's gonna i'm gonna be watching that one closely to see how they address that because that is um interesting situation um and also um the whole uh, sweatshops of leicester and um, that s- stuff is still going on they're continuously talking about that um throughout the news um and i think you know i think even the mayor the deputy mayor of um leicester is talking about this is an issue that's been here we've known about it for ages um and you know let's do something about it and i, I just it just really befuddles me the fact that it's been able to go on for so long because you are talking about slavery, literally. This is you know slavery. And on that note, um, you know, the the, the racism and, and the slavery um situation that's going on in the Middle East at the moment against Africans is is crazy. It's like it's like the, it's really back in time, you know, and there's no black lives movement there. There is no comprehension or it doesn't it just doesn't resonate over there at all you know in Lebanon you've got blatant modern-day slavery you've got women from Ghana um, that have caught up in this kafala system um, which is a exploitive system used to used to um, for migrant laborers and people working in construction and the domestic sector and it's basically rife you know in places like Bahrain, Kuwait, Lebanon Qatar, Saudi Arabia, United Emirates etc and people are there being enslaved and you know sexually abused, beaten, um just it's horrifying man and you don't hear enough about it on the news but this is black people who have who have left Ghana trying to uh, better their life and better their family's life by going abroad, making money and coming back and they end up as slaves. Their passports are taken there's people that are moving them from home to home and they're being raped abused all kinds of horrific stuff this stuff needs to be spoken about more it needs to be addressed it needs to be spoken about more because that they those are human beings these are Africans these are people that unfortunately were born in poverty and are trying to find their way out and this is what's happening to them it's. It, sickens me absolutely sickens me and what even what sickens me more considering the time we're in we've got a situation right now where you know uh, an english policeman in the uk has um uh, um is, is is now been suspended and his colleague has been um restricted duty is because he's kneeling on a man's neck in israel in 2020 in july after all of this stuff that's happening i'm sitting here watching the tv as a police officer in London has got his knee on a man's neck and the man's shouting, get off my neck. Now, fortunately, this man didn't die, thank goodness. But why would this man do, why? It just doesn't make any sense to me. But when I relax and then I I look at it again, when I look at the police officer doing it, all I see is fear. I see fear in his eyes. It's just like when I watch the Bianca... um, uh, the, the runner the other day um, who, who who was pulled out of her car etc the police officers there with their batons out they look so scared and the only thing I'm, I'm like what is it you're you're scared of because I, I don't I have a I don't see them looking as fearful when they're dealing with other communities in these same scenarios but when they're dealing with the with black people it's like there's an element of fear like they don't know what's going to happen or they feel like they can't manage it with and it's it's just I mean I don't know I don't know if this, this this police officer's this racial situation etc I don't know if this is about race but when I look at it my instinct tells me this man was fearful of this man getting away but at the same time the man that he's got his neck on sorry got his knee on he was cuffed you know and there's two officers you know so it, it, the man wasn't going anywhere I mean at the most if you just held the man's legs he's not going anywhere because he's he's cuffed but this this kneeling on the neck is it's really unfortunate. But like I said, I'm just glad that the guy is um, alive and there's there's not any deaths off of the back of that. But that's that's gonna cause a lot of problems. You know, I I can imagine this this weekend might be a bit lively. There might be a few marches based on that. We'll we'll see how that pans out. But I hope everybody's safe with that. Um, and I just think you know as as people as human beings, we need to come together. We need to think about what we're doing. We need to find the common ground between us and treat each other how we would like to be treated you know we had the um ex cricketer talking about um the 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 colorism that he he grew up with and it, it got me thinking about um you know people of dual heritage people who are mixed race people who identify as black and it's just it's just all an identity thing you know um and there is a difference there are subtle nuances and differences um and you know, you, there's a difference between people who do heritage because obviously you've got one black parent, one white parent, and you can actually, in my book, you can identify, and you should be able to identify as black or white if you want to. Um, and if you're mixed race, um, again, you can identify. I mean, you can identify as mixed race, you can identify as black, and even if you're dual heritage, you can identify as black, white, or you can identify as dual heritage. It's totally up to you. But unfortunately, the truth is, I don't know how many uh, people of dual heritage will be accepted as white if that's what they chose, you know. I think they would have to be really, really fair skinned for them to be able to even make that choice of being white if that's what they wanted to do. Um, And they'd have to have really white features for that to happen. So there's just a lot for us to to, to work out. But at the end of the day, we're all the same. There's more things that are common with us than there are different. And that's the things we need to focus on. And we need to not be in, stop being fearful of each other. You know, know, generally, most people, regardless of their colour, regardless of what you see them doing, regardless of your past thoughts about them, generally, people are good people are nice people are positive you know um so that's what people need to kind of home in on um and this week also um i watched a really good um really good show um called stephen lawrence um has britain changed really really good show um docu well not documentary um talk show basically i speaking to various people about how things changed since stephen lawrence died and to be fair if you if you a lot hasn't changed to be fair Um, a lot hasn't changed it was quite interesting Um, so that's something if you haven't watched that that's definitely something to catch so um, i'd like to thank you again for choosing um, pablo's podcast today Um, and hopefully you can join me next for the next one until then take care and be nice to each other thanks again for listening to pablo's podcast i'm pablo from hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussions